God. Good to see everybody out tonight. And uh, appreciate all that's uh, made an effort to be in the house of God. And uh, like I say, we're just uh, sort of improvising uh, so we have our social distancing. I'd be glad when that word's behind us, won't you? <laughs> We'll have to worry about social distancing and quarantining and, and all those things. And we just, even at, uh, you can still feel that there's some, some relief there, but it's still like a little cloud over your head. And uh, again, we, uh, we appreciate the opportunity to be back in the house of God. I uh, would like to say thank you to Dustin and Caleb and Misty and Ashley and them coming up here. And they moved all that stuff out the other night. And fix it. I don't know if anybody else helped or not, but anyways, fix more seating back here, and I think there's somewhere 92, around 90, 92 people uh, here tonight, and that's that's a good number, and I, I counted at least uh, 15 or so that was still out for whatever reasons, you know. Uh, again, it's just a good number, just a good number to be in the house of God. And so uh, we want you to be a prayer for us. Uh, and uh, we have some announcements to make here at the end of the service and uh, just a few things. But uh, I want you to pray for me. I've been sick off and on for about two days. Um, had a real battle with allergies. And uh, been pretty sick today. I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it to church or not. That's how sick I was. And, uh, but anyways, we're here. We'll do our best. Amen. <clears throat> Brother Allen uh, preached good the other night. How many enjoyed that service the other night? Wasn't that just a good spirit in here in this service? And uh, God just uh, came by and blessed mighty. I, I told him we was having it at 7 o'clock because I figured we'd be out. But after it's over with, everybody just stood around. Nobody wanted to leave, seemed like. Just enjoying the fellowship one of another. And, and uh, you know, it's just like you've been away from your family a long time. And then you get back, uh, back with your family and you enjoy seeing them and being in church. So we do appreciate the Lord. And uh, Brother Allen uh, had said something the other night. He was uh, reflecting back on the Sister Margaret's funeral uh, of something that we had said. I guess we'd said it. Anyways, and... Uh, he, uh, he, he said, uh, told me, he said, well, said, looked around, y'all remember, he says, you need to preach on that. Well, what Brother Allen didn't know, the Lord already didn't give me that. So uh, it was already approved then, wasn't it? Amen. It was already approved. And I uh, will try our, <clears throat> try our best tonight to preach. The Lord will just help us. And uh, again, uh, we do count it an honor to be in church. Uh, I'm going to sort of reflect on some things here until we get into the scripture. And uh, Brother Allen was talking about uh, in the funeral, we had mentioned something about some of our people that had already passed away. And I, I look back through this crowd tonight. Oh, I was so happy of what I saw and what I'm seeing. I see kids. That's something you don't find in a lot of churches. I see children, and I see uh, uh, a very young, in one sense, population 
but Stephen, y'all get to travel a little bit. A lot of your populations and a lot of your churches are elderly people in a lot of the churches. And, uh, uh, but we look about here tonight, and, and uh, for, the, for the most of it, uh, somewhere middle-aged or so in that, some of us a little older. But uh, I thought uh, since we began this project here at the church, uh, in 2008, am I correct, Caleb? That's when we purchased the land. 2007, we purchased the land. So we, from that beginning time now, it's right 13 years. You know, purchasing land. I know churches have owned land for 10, 20 years to build on. Never have got to build on. You know, but the Lord provided us in just a matter of a few months, having the land paid for, starting out with nothing. But as I reflect back, and I'm sure that many of you all can, we look about, and as I, the sad part, me looking back, is there's a lot of faces that was with us when we started. And I'm talking about they've passed away. Some have backslid, but a large number of people have passed away that look uh, like the man of God, look for a city whose builder and maker was God. Amen. And uh, so uh, they looked, they worked, they labored, but they never did get to be in the first services or the services here. But you know what? And I'm sure that, uh, that many of them probably had it figured out. I may not live till see it done. They may have like that but it did not keep them from doing and helping and uh, and working and so that's the sad part that I, I see because uh, it's, it's such a there's a really a new not a newness in the church type thing here that I'm a seeing about this and so when uh, uh I think about this, and again, like I say, happy with what we have got and what we're seeing and uh, what the Lord uh, told us, and they have it posted down there on the other church about the second house to be greater than the first. And we're not talking about the building and structure itself and the, the pretty, you know, the beauty of it and those things. Uh, but uh, we want to... Uh, sort of reflect back on some of those things. We have lost some great people by the way of death. Those that were there with us working tirelessly in the sun, in the heat, sometimes in the cold, trying to get this thing up and running. Oh, I know I, I probably will call some names, but if I don't call somebody's name, don't feel bad. That don't mean that I, haven't, that I have forgotten them. But I, I can think about several tonight. But uh, in that service, we mentioned something about who's going to take their place. Is that right, Alan? Who's going to come up and take that place? Who's going to be the one that carries on what they were doing during that time. And so, uh, I'm going to title the message tonight, Who Will 
bear the torch. And probably one of the most popular things that people can associate with is uh, the Olympics. And I got doing some reading on that. And uh, some of the things about the Olympics, it was started by the Greeks uh, there, and they were very well known for athletics and competition. And they would have their games, and the, the, at the beginning of their games in the days of old, many, many years, hundreds of years ago, uh, there was an important thing that they did with the beginning of the games, before the first competition ever started. They would light a torch, and that torch and the runners would run from one city, one part of the country, to the other, and they would do it in a relay. Oftentimes, it would take as much as days and weeks, running 24 hours of the, in a day through the heat, through the cold, through whatever conditions it was, but to carry that torch to finally get to the place that they could ignite the, the last fire that would burn throughout the entire uh, process of this competition. I read where in uh, 19, I think it was uh, in 1936, in the Berlin Games, uh, they, they ran uh, over uh, 3,000 kilometers. Took 12 days and 13 nights. The participants that carried the torches was uh, numbered like uh, 3,331 torch bearers. Each man took his turn. When he ran till he couldn't run anymore, but before they'd uh, just say, we're going to stop here, there would be somebody in that race waiting to grab a hold of the torch. I wonder tonight how many we've got been waiting to grab a torch. Praise God. Praise God. I feel the Spirit of God tonight. Amen. And so we find that they would run and they would uh, pass this torch to the next man. He would run through the next town or the city or the village. And finally, as, as uh, we get into our, our uh, Olympics of, uh, of the world, we find that in 2004, the first global torch relay was undertaken a journey that lasted 78 days. Uh, it was uh, it covered a distance of uh, I think 466,000 uh, miles or 46,000 miles, excuse somewhere around there. It took over 11,000 men and women to, to run this race and pass the torch night and day, night and day, and and finally. It went through uh, several continents. But as I read, they wonder how did they get it. Sometimes this torch was passed by on a ship. Sometimes they carried the torch on an airplane if they couldn't go by land. But anyways, they always made sure one thing, that the torch was a burning. But a, a few times in the history of all of this, we find that uh, they there was a time that... Uh, it was, uh, the fire went out in 1976 in the Summer Olympics, held in Montreal. Uh, says a rainstorm doused the Olympic flame a few days after the games had opened. An official relit the flame using a cigarette lighter. Organizers quickly doused it out again and relit it with a backup of the original flame. Praise God. 
That's what I liked. Praise God. They had them a backup of the original flame. In other words, they knew there was a possibility of this flame going out on the relay. And if it did, they had them several different uh, 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 flames that were started from that original fire on reserve. They didn't want it lit by a cigarette, that lighter, or any other type. But they wanted to, it to be lit by the original flame. Praise God. Aren't you glad tonight that we can feel the original flame? That original fire that started on the day of Pentecost when that Spirit of God came in and they began to worship and praise God. And how did it come in? Like a rushing mighty wind. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And so I want you just to hold that little thought tonight about that original fire. Amen. And so... We go to, uh, to the, to the uh, some things about torches. In, during the days of old, torches was primarily used for two things. Number one, with the limited uh, weaponry to fight a battle, a torch was often lit to burn down villages, burn down cities. But also, the primary use of a torch was to bring light in darkness, praise God. And I want to tell you tonight, right here in this little community up here on the hill, praise God, I believe we're like a city, praise God, set on a hill and we can't be hid. When you cross over that hill up there, the first thing you see, if you look far enough, you see this little church house up here, praise God. What is it? It's like a city set on a hill, praise God. Amen. That fire, praise God. And so... We want to sort of focus on that. We notice back in the Old Testament, there in the, in the book of Exodus, when uh, he was giving them uh, their commandments to the children of Israel, they bring the pure oil, olive beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always, always in the tabernacle of a congregation without the veil, which is before the testimony. Aaron and his son shall order it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever unto the generations on the behalf of the children of Israel. Praise God. And so here he had already commanded these people who, uh, who it was to take care of the oil for the lamp and for the, uh, the torch or the candlesticks to be burning. Praise God. And you know tonight we just don't randomly get this spirit of God somebody's taking care of the oil. Somebody's uh, putting oil in the lamp at home, up and down the road, driving in the car long before they ever get to the house of God. Amen. And so we read on here in the book of Leviticus. is a sad story. Here is Aaron and his sons. They had, uh, for some reason or another, they had neglected to keep the uh, fire a burning in the house of God. And so once they realized that it was out, they said, in so many words, we'll just go ahead and just make a fire and get it going again. Not so. Somebody tell me who lit the fire. Amen. Who put the fire upon the altar to uh, take care of the sacrifices? God ignited the fire. But he told them and commanded them, do not use 
strange fire, praise God. I'm going to tell you tonight, there's a lot of strange fire that's being passed around in this world, praise God. It burns, it lights, it's got a glow to it. But I'll tell you one thing, it does not go back to that original. Glory to God. If I'm going to get the fire, give me the original. What about you? Praise God. Amen. What did he say? He would baptize them with what? The Holy Ghost. And with what? With fire. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm glad tonight that we can have the Holy Ghost with fire burning in our soul and the enthusiasm and excitement that burns deep down in our soul. Amen. And so, these young men lost their lives. Amen. They were struck dead. Amen. In so many words, God told them, said, don't you even mourn over these boys. They had disobeyed God by offering strange fire. You know, God's not pleased with strange fire. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something. You have to be in this thing for a little while. But uh, everything it shouts and everything it runs ain't always of God. It don't always come from the original fire that started on that day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Amen. It takes more than having holiness over the door or on the marquee. It takes more than being associated with the word uh, Pentecostal to have the fire. Amen. Praise God. And so we find that uh, they, they, were, they were struck down. But we go back to this fire that they had at the day of Pentecost. Amen. Was it just really started there? No. There were men in the Word of God that passed the torch on from one to the next. We find there was men, even uh, Abel himself, he only could carry that torch as far as he could carry it. Amen. We look, and uh, there was Abraham. There was Sarah. There was Gideon. There was David. There was Rahab. There was Samuel and on and on, and all the minor and major prophets. They carried the torch as far as they could carry it. And that torch had to be handed to another generation, and another generation, another generation, till it finally got to Bacchahala. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Bacchahala Church had is not always being a church with the fire. Amen. Back in the early beginnings of this church history, it was brought into us in this community by a missionary woman. She was a school teacher and, and had a little church services. And then it grew from that into what they called the old shouting Methodist church. They didn't know a thing about the Holy Ghost. They didn't know a thing about speaking in tongues. They lived clean. They lived pure. They lived holy, had a very holy standard. But we remember that when that great outpouring of the Holy Ghost was in the United States was Azusa Street. You've heard of that. You've read of that and heard them talk about that. 
Amen. It went from this part of the country in North Carolina all the way into California there. And they had revivals and great healings and great things happen. And people began to get baptized with the Holy Ghost and passing out in the Spirit and speaking in other tongues. Praise God. Amen. But you know what? That, that fire lit in our country. Amen. And several years ago, a, a form of Pentecostalism was at one time one of the fastest growing groups that it was. You know what it was? It was something about the fire that drawed men to it, praise God. Amen. The other day we uh, rode up to uh, see Brother Roger was riding around and as we was leaving his house, here comes three fire trucks going up through the valley. And you know, my first thought was, where is the fire? Amen. Where is the fire? And so, when uh, we, we see here that as all of these have passed that torch on to the next generation, I remember them talking about some of the first ones, uh, uh, several of y'all's grandmother, great-grandmother, uh, great-grandmother, and uh, uh, Sister uh, Dahl Hayden, right? Amen. They was preaching about the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, we always called him Pappy Trigg. Anybody remember Pappy Trigg? Amen. Amen. We, uh, and uh, anyhow, she was sitting on the porch, am I right? She was sitting out on the porch in the dark. Didn't have street lights and things like we do now. And uh, did he not ask her what she was doing? And she said, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. And did he not look and there was a light? Am I telling it right? There was a light shining upon her Bible from somewhere that was not man-made. Amen. And they began to preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. Amen. They said that Brother Gip, my dad, would get up and lead singing. And the uh, Spirit of God, the first, uh, the first uh, I guess, feeling of it they had before getting the baptism and speaking in other tongues was they got to shouting. You know, there was something coming on them and they'd go to shouting. Didn't know really why they was doing it, praise God, but they'd just uh, move over them and they'd get to shouting. And there were some people there that wouldn't want to uh, uh, agree with it. Amen. And so while Brother Gip and my dad and them would be up singing, they would take songbooks and throw at them to try to get them to stop. And you know what it did? It was like throwing kindling on the fire. It just made it burn that much more. And they'd shout and shout and shout and shout and praise God and let the songbooks fly. Praise God. They said in the old church, not the one we have down there now, the one was before that one. Amen. Praise God. The one the little picture's been painted of. I remember going to it as a little boy. This very small. I can barely remember it. But I can, I can remember them telling me the story. Said that when my dad got the Holy Ghost, and if I'm telling it right, it was somewhere it would be to my right side over here. Old wooden floors. Amen. How many remembers when they took the oily sawdust and swept the floors with them? Y'all remember and see them do that? 
and things. I know they did in the old schoolhouse down here. They had a, a sawdust, and they'd sweep across the floor, and it sort of treated the floor. But anyways, they said my dad's prints of his body was there for days and days where he sweated, and he lay under the power of the Holy Ghost. And the outline of him was in that floor, a big spot of, uh, of, of sweat, perspiration. Amen. That lay there and marked that spot for a long time. Praise God. After a little while, it finally got to the place to where it looked like they couldn't put the fire out. The more they tried to put it out, somebody else get the baptism. The more they went against it, somebody else got the baptism. Brother Robert got the baptism. He, he didn't get it right at first, but as he called it, uh, Lord, give me the blessing. Lord, give me the blessing. And said uh, he'd be a plowing in the field on one of these old hills somewhere, had a hold of the plows, and said he'd go through a praying. And as he would uh, have the horse to turn at the end of the, uh, 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 of the, the fur, he said that horse would just turn on its own. He'd drop down to his knees, hold to the plow handles, and was a praying, God, give me the blessing. And said as that horse's turn, the handles would pull him back up on his feet. And he had prayed to the end of the row again. And said, and finally, guess what? Said, one day the fire came, praise God. One day the real baptism of the Holy Ghost came, praise God. What was it? It was handed down, praise God. And passed on and passed on and passed on. Amen. And so, we have, we have our heroes in our day, praise God. Amen. The Bible said, do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but you put it on the candlestick. It giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Amen. Someone that I would have not thought about, I told you the other night, someone that owns a business, a lady, uh, she was telling me the other day, Said, hey, said, I've been a listen to y'all's service. The boy, I sure been enjoying them. She told me where she used to go to church a long time ago, raising at church all the time. But you know what she told me? So many words, just too dry. Said, the singing's dry, everything's dry. Praise God. And you know what I would interpret that? With no fire in it. Right? With no fire. Just an old dry sermon, an old dry, stiff. Piano playing and this little song and little sermonette, and we go home. And if anybody would have stood and said, Glory to God, praise the Lord, hallelujah, they'd all probably been just got death silent. Amen. But aren't you glad tonight that we are affiliated, associated, and been handed the torch of fire that we feel in our services? Praise God. I'm not ashamed to raise my hand. I'm not ashamed to raise my voice. I'm not ashamed of the Spirit of God that'll quicken us. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews 1 and 7, His angels, He saith, who maketh His angels spirits and His ministers a flame of fire. I wouldn't give you two cents for a singer, a teacher, or a preacher that didn't have some fire go with them. Is that right? Praise God. Amen. Listen, we're not politicians. We are flames of fire, praise God. We're called of God. And I'm going to tell you what, 
Somebody handed us a torch somewhere or another in our lifetime. Amen. Jeremiah said it in the book of Jeremiah says, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. Amen. Burns within us, praise God. You remember those two fellows on the road that day? Not knowing who they was talking to. And once they realized, Alan, who they was talking to, what was the words they said? Did not our hearts burn within us? How many has ever felt the Spirit of God burning in your soul? Praise God. Let me tell you what. Amen. I seen something get a hold of old Laney the other night. Use it looking this way. Y'all didn't see it. But uh, I've seen him get a hold of something he ain't never had. I've I never seen him hit that way. Praise God. He was standing back there. And all of a sudden, it was just like Emily seeing my mama shout. He went to shouting just like her. And he told me later, he said, wait, I tried to raise my hands, but I couldn't. said, all my hands could do was do this. And I'm telling you what it looked like. I don't know what he was doing, but he was doing a good job at it. Praise God. His hands went to crisscrossing. He was just a seesaw on his arms, you know. And I'd seen my mom do it many, many, many times. Praise God. He said, I couldn't have raised my hands up for one to. He said, said, I could not control myself. Praise God. That's the way it happened when the fire gets a hold of you. Amen. Praise God. You know what? We can read, and you know the story as well as I do, story in the relationship of Elijah and Elisha. Already someone made mention of it. Amen. You know what? Elijah had a torch. And Elisha recognized he had a torch. And they come to him and say, Don't you know in so many words your master's going to be taken away from you in just a little bit? He said, I know. He started following Elijah. Elijah tells him, hey, son, stay back over here. Just he said, no, I ain't staying. Amen. He said, I'm, wherever you're going, I'm going. I'm going to follow you. Praise God. I want what you got. And a matter of fact, I like it so good, and it's not being selfish, but I'd like to have double what you got. Amen. Praise God. I'd like to have double what some of the old timers had. Wouldn't you? That's not being selfish, is it? Praise God. We, we can have devil of it if we want it. Praise God. And so he followed. He says, if you'll, you'll just sort of uh, be there when I'm taken away. Amen. He says, your request will be granted to you. Amen. And you know what? As he was taken up, somebody tell me what came and got him. Horses and chariots of fire. Praise God. What better way could a man pass the torch to another man than leave this world, didn't have to taste death in a chariot of fire? Praise God. We sang that song sometimes, God's own chariot's coming in the morning. Oh, that what wonderful day. Amen. It's a grand old chariot. Praise God. I'd like to ride one of them. Praise God. I'd like to know how it feels to ride a chariot of fire, wouldn't you? Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. And so the torches are continued being handed down 
from the days of Elijah to Elisha. We find there was a man that was a persecutor of the church. Praise God. He, he made havoc of the church. And you know what? God spoke to him one day and said, I'm going to give you a torch. He took hold of that torch. He did missionary journey. He suffered beatings. He suffered shipwrecks. But you know what? There was nothing could ever put his torch out. You know why? He got it from the original source. Praise God. Hallelujah. He didn't get it going to school. He didn't get it somebody taking him to a Sunday school room and trying to tell him how to speak in other tongues. But he got it, praise God, from the real source, the original. Amen. Praise God. And so he hands his torch off to a young man by the name of Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. You know what he's doing? He's giving him advice right before he leaves this world. Amen. In so many words, he's telling him, saying, Now you're going to be getting my torch. You're going to carry on the work that I got started. Amen. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. You know what he was doing right there? Alan, he was cautioning. says, uh, that'll put your fire out. Amen. You get entangled with the world, it'll put your fire out. I've seen people that has preached and sung in the house of God. I've seen people that have testified and could set the service on fire as good as any preacher just testifying. But you know what happened to them? They got entangled with the world. And the world will put your fire out. Amen. And so their fire went out. But as I thought back, I'm going to name just a few. They've been to listen to some of the tapes. We've mentioned a little bit about it on the site SoundCloud. And uh, they've, went, they've done an excellent job, especially Ashley's not from over here. And uh, they've gone through and picking out tapes. And it's always seemed like being the right ones. I don't tell them what to do. I know the Lord's led them to pick out the right tapes. But in those tapes... We hear people in the background sort of pushing the service on. We hear men back there, and some of the, I'm going to name a few that you could hear in it if I'm telling it right, Caleb. You could hear Brother Pete Hayden. Come on! Help him, Lord! Amen. Help him, Lord! Praise God! What a wonderful sound. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Brother Pete Hayden has passed away. Who's going to take up the torch? Help him, Lord, while the preacher's preaching. Who's going to be the one to say when the preacher's preaching, the singer's saying, come on with it. Come on with it. What was it Brother Jim would say? Yeah, Brother Jim called. 
He had hollered, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah, yeah. Praise God. I tell you what, when you have men like that backing you, it wasn't harder to preach. As I've compared it many times, it's like a dog. You can get a dog to bark harder up a tree if you sick him on and you pet on him a little bit. You ag him on just a little bit. Brother Mike, he'll bark a lot harder. Praise God. Amen. You sort of reinforce him. That's the same way when they're singing. Praise God and whatever. Somebody's up doing it. If they're doing it for the Lord and doing it with a good will and a good spirit, we as a church ought to get behind them. Praise God. We ought to be heard uh, hollering, yeah, that's right. I'm going to tell you what, the devil would like to take the fire out of that, out of Buckeye Hollow Church. Those good old saints aren't here anymore. I think on a few of them you could hear Bobby Kessner a hollering in the background. Praise God. Amen. I can remember, and I have it just in my mind, it's locked in. I can, Brother Gip Hayden was a, for you that didn't know him, he was a big tall man. Raw bone hands, oh my goodness, hands, claw hands, I might say. But you know what? He'd get up there, and he'd get to singing. He'd stand sideways like this a lot, and he'd go. Looked like he was a, looked like he was a, a churning something. Praise God. And uh, his wife, Sister Margie, real quiet like woman. She made Gip's, sure, Gip's shoes was always polished. And she'd have them all nice, fixed up. But he had some reason, he'd, he'd, just about every time, he'd end up going out to the barn before he come to church. And there'd be mud all over his shoes that was shiny on top and mud on the side. A lot of times the mud would be dried and you could see where he stood and stomped his feet. I've seen the dust fly up off of where he just ground it down into powder. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Who's, who's going to be the next one that will do that? Amen. Are we not going to allow? Are, how many is in the race tonight? Amen. Praise God. We're in a race. Somebody's going to hand you a torch after a while. What are we going to do with it? We're going to say, no, not me. Not me. I don't want it. I don't want, I don't want the torch. Praise God. But you know, tonight, I didn't have a torch because I'm going to tell you what. I went back and I looked it up. In the Olympics, as uh, far as I could ever tell, they never had the torch from one time to the next. It was always, they was never made exactly the same. There's a little different. But it had that original fire in it. And tonight, this is my torch. Praise God. Just assume there was a flame coming out of this torch tonight. Glory to God. I remember. Uh, I remember. Uh, it's like a runner. These old boys that carries. I don't know how far each one ran. If they ran a mile, two mile, ten mile. It may have varied. But they ran thousands of miles in a short period, 24 hours a day, never stopping. And that man that was waiting there 
planning on. That, that I'm waiting till, till they come and hand me a torch. And he could see him coming up a road, up a street, carrying that torch. I could see that man getting excited. But I'm going to tell you something that man did. He'd been practicing running before he ever got to run. He'd been getting ready to carry the torch. Praise God. How many has been getting ready to carry a torch? Huh? Praise God. How many has been getting her? Because somebody, somewhere, if you'll accept it, he's going to hand you a torch to carry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. There's been some in life, they were handed a torch. And they carried a while. And before they ever got to the next runner, they set it up. They set it right over yonder somewhere. Went their way. Got entangled with the affairs of this life. Deceitfulness of riches. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I'll just lay my torch down. Glory to God. Amen. Someone walks by one day and says, what is that thing? They said, oh, so-and-so used to have a torch. But he or she laid it down. Huh? They laid it down. Praise God. But they got themselves conditioned for the race long before they ever got the torch. I'm just going to reflect real quick back on my lifetime. Brother Robert passed away uh, the, I believe it was May the 29th, Memorial Day in 1989. Amen. He passed away. And uh, I'd been a, a young, young preacher. I started preaching, announced my calling in 1977. Got saved in 73. I worked with him, by him, with him, under him a lot of years. From about 79 to 89, gradually, Brother Robert put responsibilities up on me. And I didn't know the reason, but I just did it because... That's what he wanted me to do. I suffered people being jealous. I suffered being thrown off on from the pulpit, not by him. I suffered a lot of things because he was getting me ready to get the torch. Amen. He was going to take all of those things and see if I was tough enough to endure the storms of the race carrying a torch in the darkness of the night in the heat of the day in the storms of rain and the storms of life when the hurt would be beyond able to even tell how you hurt amen he was getting me ready and more and more, as I went through, 
How many remembers here a few years ago, Brother Pope Johnson came to Sunday school and gave a testimony? Y'all remember that, Brother Pope Johnson? He showed up one morning. He, he's in his 80s. He got up unknowing. I, I always like to give him a, an opportunity to speak. He got up and he reflected on Brother Robert. That was his main thought that morning. He's testifying. He reflected on Brother Robert. And uh, as he and Brother Robert, he would just come in and spend a week with Brother Robert, just going, riding to the mill, going to the field, just hanging out with him, you might say, and just being with him. He loved being, being, being around him. And said one day, he got to talking, Brother Robert said, Brother, Brother Hayden, I said, I want to talk to you. Brother Pope was a lot younger man then. And uh, uh, anyways, he said, uh, you're getting some age on you. said, have you ever thought about what was going to happen to the church? Amen. When you're gone. You need to be thinking about get some kind of a plan, maybe, in place. And he said, this is what Brother Pope said, Brother Robert said, said he always, he's already got a person picked out. Amen. And Brother Pope Johnson looked over at me, said, Way Kester. Amen. I'm not saying that boastfully. I'm just telling you, God's got a plan for you tonight. You, I, could have, I could have very easily rejected that. I could have turned it down. But you know what? Tonight, I felt it. Amen. And so, upon his passing, you've heard me tell, I'm just going to tell it, go with the message tonight. Upon his passing, and the mantle that fell from Elijah, that Elisha took up and carried and was part of his work from that day on. He passed away on the 29th. We went the whole month of June without a real uh, pastor. I just more or less filled in. It was a hard time. His time of church was a morning. A lot of predictions, a lot of different things and this and that. You know, everybody, people wondering what, what's this, what's that. But anyhow, I'd get up to preach and as soon as I'd get right here, I could, I, I'm just telling you, I, I could feel somebody put a coat on me, like a, like, a, like a cloak. I'd get through preaching. He'd go away. Next service I come, it's like somebody walk up behind me. I could feel it just that real. He'd put it on my shoulders. I could feel it, I could feel it just sort of draped down over my elbows. And after I got through preaching, he'd lift. The night that they voted me in to preach as pastor, I stood up to preach. I felt that cloak come up on me. Praise God. It didn't come off that time when I got through, Brother Mike. It had stayed there. And if I could say it like this, they handed me the torch. Amen. Praise God. But you know what? There'll be, day, there'll be a day come. If you got a torch and I got a torch, I'm going to pass it on somebody else. Somebody else has got to be willing to pick up that torch. Be faithful to that torch. 
endure the hardness as a good soldier in Christ Jesus. Be willing to suffer heartache and pain, rejection sometimes for the sake of the gospel. Amen. So I thought, I thought about just different women, but uh, I thought about uh, how many remembers Mammy, Sister Gladoli. All kinds of preachers come through and said, oh, Lord's called you to preach. She said, no, he ain't. She said, he called me to help preachers. And buddy, she could. Amen. We've just lost Sister Margaret. We've lost Mammy. And I, a little quiet lady that was a big, big, big in the church, bigger than some people ever recognized, Sister Sadie Nichols. Faithful, faithful, faithful as a hands on a clock to the work of God. She made contributions to this work right now in this. Amen. And I'm wondering tonight, who's going to take up that torch of those great women and those great men? Maybe some of you have already. I'm seeing some people picking up a torch. Amen. We're living in a different hour than we did 50 years ago. We're living in different things, different responsibilities. But I'm seeing people taking up that torch. Amen. It's called responsibility. And care for the church. Amen. It's easy to sit back with our arms and just watch somebody else do it. Just sit and watch somebody else do it all the time. I'll tell you what, y'all try doing it. You'll get a blessing like you ain't never had. Amen. I mean, there's all kinds of works to be done in the house of God. There's all kinds of things can be done if we're willing to carry the torch. Amen. Praise God. I want to tell you tonight, it's building to the stage we got it right now. I'll probably get dust on my britches. I don't care. It didn't get done, me sitting right here like this. And a lot of other people. It didn't get done up to this point, riding up and down the road and going here and going yonder and never thinking about it. Somebody has give. Somebody has worked. Somebody has labored. Somebody has done some things. A lot of somebodies. Amen. And I appreciate all of those, appreciate all those somebodies. That's help get it to this point that we're at right now. Praise God. And so tonight, amen, I preach to you. Amen. I've got three main points I want to just point out here. Number one, who will run with the torch? I challenge someone today to take the torch and run with it until the next runner gets it. Hold on to it. Keep a fire going in it. Amen. Amen. And the third point I want to make, as I've said earlier, the fire can only be replaced with the original. The original fire. Amen. And so tonight, that's what I 
I felt like I wanted to preach to church, and Brother Allen was already on it. And it was after the funeral that the Lord had dealt with my heart on that. Praise God. 